It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo and Blaze coming at you. AJ should be joining us shortly as the Avs win 5-3 to three over the New York Islanders. Um, I don't... Uh, how many ways can you describe a third period comeback until you're out of ways to describe <laughs> it, Blaze? <laughs> well, I mean, I think we're going to find out this year. No, I think have we, have we found out I already? I think we're already there. I think we are already there at this point when it comes to the third period comebacks with uh, with this Avs team. Uh, as AJ is, is on with us, AJ, how's Winnipeg? It's cold as fuck. <laughs> Sounds accurate. Um, it's cold here too, by the way. It was like 68, 65. <laughs> Free, really freezing. Yeah. Pour really beer freezing. on him. <laughs> <laughs> he got enough liquids poured on him in the last week. It's true. It's fine. Uh, this game, especially the third period to me, felt like when you know it's not your year, you know it's not your year for the Islanders. Uh, you end up with a, a goal that did not cross the goal line because Anders Lee decided to whack it out of the net, the abs net, for the record. And then you fail to capitalize on some other grade-A opportunities. With that being said, let's let's start from the beginning here. The abs, honestly, I thought played pretty well in the first period. Um, the score ended up being 1-1 after 1, but... They were getting great A-quality chances. They just weren't finishing enough of them. And and this is a weird conversation. Let's start with the Miko conversation. Because tonight, all of his moves were working. He was making Islanders defensemen look like nerds on every single play. But he wasn't finishing. So what is it good for? Oh, are we, are we, is that me? I guess. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you could tell that Miko was feeling it. He was walking through people, but just... Again, couldn't find the handle to score. Yep. So, I mean, it felt like he was going to have a great night. And again, like that whole first period, it looked like it was going to be domination from the abs all the way through. Yeah. I. You know, twice in this hockey game, it felt like the abs had the, the wind taken out of their sails with the Owls kind of coming back and scoring on them shortly after they score. Um. Is is this an issue, AJ, or is it more of a monument to the Avs being a different team this year where you see that happen to them twice? Yes, the momentum shifts, but they still find a way to win this game. Yeah, I think it I think it really just speaks to the the idea that you know, a thing that we talk about regularly that there are two NHL teams on the ice. For sure. And that when what we're talking about 
and the wind getting taken out of Colorado sails is that wind goes somewhere. It doesn't just disappear, you know? Yeah. It goes into the sails of the other team. And you talk about an Islanders team that has been on the upswing uh, and is like, if they're going to try and talk themselves into making a playoff push, they need absolutely every single point. Yeah. And so they, they really needed tonight to go well. Uh, and they didn't play very well, in my opinion. They didn't, like, they had their moments. But were it not for Darcy Kemper's worst game of the year and uh, just some comical things that went their way, um, they really don't, they they really wouldn't have created a whole lot and they certainly wouldn't have scored as often as they did. Uh, they, they, got, they got Darcy Kemper on a, on a C night and couldn't, it wasn't couldn't enough. put it away. Yeah, it wasn't enough for sure. And that's, I think the feeling around the league right now is the Avs are a team you have to put away because even right now, even two goals doesn't feel like a safe lead against the Avs in the third period. It, it genuinely feels like this team is right on you at that point. Yeah, and, and with one goal, you should have, you, you know, I was listening to the Islanders broadcast because normally it's pretty, it's pretty solid um, and is, is pretty well informed on the opposing team. Uh, I won't get into any of that tonight because it was bad, but <laughs> uh, it, it was interesting, like, their perspective going into the third period where they were talking about, like, they could really use another goal here yeah. because this team leads the NHL in comebacks. Like, they could really <laughs> use another one. Uh, and so they, uh, you know, and they, they were right. Like you just Denver, you know, going into the third period this year feels different than it has in, in really any other year with Jared Bednar as coach where this year, it just feels like this year. It just feels like the team is never out of a game that as long as they're playing, as long as they've shown life in that game, because like the Boston game, they showed no life whatsoever. Right. And so. Boston started to build their lead back up after 2-1, and you were like, yes, dumb. But that, th this was this was one where I felt, you know, the, the Islanders, the Islanders were really, really, really fortunate to be in the position that they were in, uh, and that they didn't do, they didn't do enough with the lead, and should the should the goal have counted, uh, should it have come back, I, I didn't see it cross the line entirely. Yeah. Um, so for me, I thought I was like, "Look, this is close. This is a heartbreaker. I don't see where you make this argument that that should have been a goal." Yeah, I. From every angle I saw, it didn't cross the line. Well, they had a pretty so. definitive shot too, where they zoomed in and you could see that there was no white behind yep. the puck. Like it never fully crossed. Yep. I don't think you could get any closer. But and. Yeah, it, it was like it's a razor thin margin, but also yeah. like if Darcy Kemper stops a routine shot again, we're not there. You're right, for sure. Like that puck, that puck, like had that gone in, that would have been a heartbreaker for Colorado to give up because they had completely dominated the third period, and they dared to give up one routine shot from it, eight feet away. We're sitting here talking about how Darcy Kemper let one in that he just can't instead of the Avs winning this hockey game. So Yeah, absolutely. And like as a at, at a four three game with seven minutes to go, I still don't have confidence that the Avs lose that game. True. 
Because, of, like, the way that they came out at the start of the third period, what did they end up with? Like, 20 shots on goal in the third? Yeah, it was aggressive. It, they had, like, 20 shots on goal in the first two periods and nearly equaled it, I believe, in the third period. If, if not, did equal it. So, yeah. it was... Uh, it, once again, this team proving they can turn it up when they need to. Blaze, it's your turn to do the 60-second rundown of the hockey game. Last time you only needed five seconds. I think you might need more than that for this one. <coughs> yeah, as I die here. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, Avs came out hot. Couldn't really get things going. Generated the right, right way. Um, you know, they did score a goal. Second period came along. Got some pushback. You, I think that was the Islanders' best period by far, where they were really pushing the play there um, and then ran into an ex-player that just made them pay for trading them to the Avs. Yep. That's uh, <laughs> a, a pretty good summary of that game. I don't know. Is the graphic ready, y'all, here? Uh, so uh, the obvious, obvious king of the game tonight, Devon Taves, the three-point night. Oh, yep. Let's put Whoops. up the wrong graphic real quick. Poorly shot. There you go. There we go. Devon Taves, three-point night. He adds a goal to two assists. Um, this was the Avs' dynamic defense on full display tonight. Yeah. And, you know, you had Kale McCarr getting involved in things too, but Taves was just... It's, it's honestly incredible to me how well these guys read the play, especially yeah. in the offensive zone where they see an opening and they just send it. Yep. Honorable mention to Burkowski because mm -hmm. obviously set up one of those goals uh, yeah. that Taves had and then also a goal for himself as well. Yeah. The give and go with Burkowski and yeah. Taves was was a was Barry Trotz is going to pull that up on video tomorrow <laughs> and be like, this is a teaching moment, Ross Johnson. <laughs> when they do that to you, you don't just hang out up high. Yeah. Because he turned his back to Devon Taves, and Devon Taves goes, okay, bye. <laughs> See you. And Burkowski just stood there and was like, is this guy for real? No <laughs> bolt coming at me? Okay. And, like, Burkowski handling the puck up high in the zone like that is always... You're a little on edge, for sure. You're a little on edge when that's I mean, happening. that was a high-danger pass, right, AJ? Like... It was through the legs. Like, that had a high like, chance of getting deflected out of the zone. Like, some some things could have gone wrong, for <laughs> yeah. sure. Look. And it worked out, and it's a great play. It's a high-skill play. Yeah. It's, that's that's your high-risk, high-reward kind of play, where if that goes wrong, they're going the other way with at I, least a, a clean breakaway with at least one guy. I, I mean, the Avs were kind of doing the high-wire act all night tonight. Like, Darren Helm was putting pucks between his legs along the <laughs> offensive blue line. They were getting pretty adventurous uh, a lot. Got away with it for the most part. Yeah. They really didn't give up too many opportunities the other way. So, I thought I, I thought Burakovsky looked a lot better when they made the mid-game swap and put everybody kind of back to where they should be. Yeah, back to the normal um, top six lines, yeah. Because the top line, the, the, the McKinnon line, looked like it was... It was really missing that extra element of oomph. A little grind, yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I... the the whatever like magic that we thought we were seeing with Kadri and, and Landeskog, like you throw a new hook in there instead of Nachushkin, and it just sort of changed the dynamic enough that it was like let's just put this back. Yeah. Uh, and they did, and I thought both lines took steps forward and really dominated the third period as a result. Well, 
Let's, let's go a little bit chronologically here. McKinnon shows up, pops off for the first goal of the game. Um, I don't really know what to tell other teams when McKinnon does stuff like this because it's like, yeah, he's just better than you. <laughs> what, like, what do you do when you have Nathan McKinnon walking it between a dude's leg behind himself, finding it in the slot, and just beating your goaltender? I I don't know how you ask someone to defend that. You just go, dang, he's really good. So, obviously, the start the Avs were looking for there. Yeah, it's a high-skill play, man. I mean, that's they that was exceptional hockey. Right. Like, <laughs> they, like, they, like, it's very standard stuff here, and then all of a sudden, McKinnon is just like, that's just nasty. And that's... That's the guy where you're like, how did this guy have four goals for two and a half months? Like, <laughs> what the hell, man? And then he scores, and, and you hear Roach in the background, like, scoring a 16th of the scene. You're like, <laughs> happens fast, doesn't it? He, I mean, he really has been a man on a mission the last oh. three, four, five games where it's like, that dude's hungry, and that dude wants to put pucks in the back of the yeah. net. So. Yeah. And he was feeling it. I mean, like like I said, like when he came out of that first period, I mean, there was a jump to that line. They're they're zipping pucks around. So I, I think you pointed out in the third period, Mac walks in and just, I mean, he fires a absolute missile, and, and Sorokin makes the save because the shot just hit him in the blocker. But like, yeah, yeah, that it, wasn't yeah. he didn't put his blocker was just there. And he, <laughs> Mac hit it. So and you're you're seeing that level of of shooting ability. Which Mac has never had the greatest shot in the world, but it's been good enough. Yeah. When he's shooting like that, other teams are just hoping for the best. Yeah. It, it is what it is on that front. The other side, we don't have to get too deep into this because I hate talking about it. Do we think it was a fairly reasonably reft game for the most part? <laughs> that that face is correct that is the correct face <laughs> we were laughing about it in the third period where like let an avalanche penalty just go by the wayside and then not 20 seconds later the Mac weakest call. call yeah yeah it was back and forth for both teams again i, I don't think it really favored either team no, necessarily no. but you're in this baffling situation where again all you can ask for is consistency. All the players yep. want is consistency because if you're consistent, then they know what they can and can't do. And every single call in this game, it felt like was, you didn't call that three shifts ago. <laughs> What's going on? So. Yeah, about the only call that you were like, yeah, all right, was when McCarr high-sticked Clutterbuck because you were like, okay. I mean, and even then, Clutterbuck, like, clutching at his face when it very clearly hits the side of his helmet. It's <laughs> yeah. like, you... Fucking drama queen. Just <laughs> calm down. <laughs> so, unfortunately, one of those penalties after their first goal leads to New York's first goal of the game. Uh, the goal was technically after the penalty expired, but it was really still on the power play. One of those kind of goals. Um, not uh, really sure... If it was, was this the deflected goal off Kale, or was that the second goal? I forget. Well, I didn't see. I, I never. I didn't see it hit anything. Uh, Neither did I. But like, I'm like trying to give Kemper the benefit of the doubt when you get beat I, seven hole. I, like, 
I'm pretty confident that he just never saw it because uh, the first thing that I noticed on live was Kemper stood up and went and butt patted Makar and was kind of like, thanks, pal. <laughs> it was definitely um, the shield the goalie without stopping the puck to the best of yeah, your ability like it, play for Makar. I just don't think he saw it because Makar, Makar just happened to be uh, in the way. Yeah. Yeah. Like I. And like that was just like that's bad goaltending, uh, and that's just a bad, bad, bad puck tracking. It's just a bad break. Like, that's yep. just it. Um, and like you just try and survive those. You give those up sometimes. It was a lot of the other stuff from Kemper tonight that drove me crazy. But yeah, giving them a free goal like that, where they're not playing well, they just had a power play where they had a ton of puck possession, and I guess they shot the puck a lot, but it like it didn't. It wasn't feel... dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't. It really, it really didn't feel like it was a a, a power play that that was going to build into any kind of five v five momentum. And then they get some free shit. And I'll, like, I'll tell you this, like Ryan Pulak deserved that. Uh, that's his first goal of the season as a guy that's like a 10 to 15 goal scorer every year. Uh, he just, he's been so snake bit this year that like, obviously I watch plenty of the aisles, right? But it's like uh, Pulak, Pulak kind of deserved that. It was just kind of shitty to see it happen tonight. <laughs> uh, look, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because the Avs took the W, right? So, uh yeah, yeah, like you hey, you survived it, right? Yep. Um, but it's it's one of those things. That's fine. So we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery. You can go get their beer, but also they are giving away tickets to the game on today's Tuesday. So Saturday, March 5th, they're giving away game tickets to the Calgary game. All you have to do to win them is go over to Instagram. Post a picture of yourself in Avs gear to your store. It can be a jersey or some DNVR merch or whatever. Make sure you tag at Breckbrew and at DNVR underscore sports. If you get us both tagged in the picture, you'll be entered to win tickets to the game against Calgary. Be sure to get in on that. Go get yourself some free dope Avalanche tickets brought to you by Breckbrew. Uh, I don't. Free beer is pretty cool. Free tickets are pretty cool. Breck Brew is giving you both. <laughs> I don't know. There aren't that many better things than that in the world. So go hit up Breck Brew for that. Use your Instagram to win yourself some free abs tickets. Again, just throw on some abs merch, take a picture, head up, hit up at Breck Brew in the tags on your story. You're good to go. And a pretty dope game to go to, too. Yeah, that's, that's why uh, I'm so excited about it. Calgary is one of the better teams they play in March. They have a couple games against Calgary and a game against Carolina that are the two that you're really looking at for the Avs. Like, hmm, these are the ones. Yeah. These are the ones. But either way, Breck Brew's dope. So is DraftKings Sportsbook. You use code DNVR to sign up for a new account there. You get amazing odds boost every single day, so be sure to jump on that. You can bet on things like Blaze goes three for three tonight yep. on his bets. So be sure to jump on uh, the Blaze train as he hit them all, which, I mean, come on, Devontae's point against his old team. That one was, that one was free, but McKinnon gets the four and a half shots to hit. Uh, I know Yahir hit on the over, which I didn't think was going to happen in this game, but even the taste, everyone is making mad money on the Colorado Avalanche right now. That's, what, but that's all I'm hearing is take all the abs bets and win a ton of money. So jump on that right now. Again, when you go over to DNV or go over to DraftKings, use code DNVR to sign up for a new account. Right now, they're running a promotion with the upcoming UFC fight. Be sure to get in on this deal that I'm about to tell you about when I find out what 
it says. Uh, hang on. Hang on. Usually don't have these issues, but we're, we're in it today. No, that's, that's the wrong read. No, that's the wrong read. Yeah, I found it. Found it. All right. So, what you're going to want to do is go over there, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use the DNVR promo code, and, no, this is, this is old. This is not updated. Oh, well. There's a super dope thing that I don't know what it is with the UFC fight coming <laughs> up this week. Do that. Win. What do you win? All right. So it's like bet, shit. bet $3 on the main event. If you pick the winner, you probably win like 150 bucks or maybe like $200 or something. That's what they usually do. Just so. making reads up now. This is great. <laughs> Dude, I make reads up every day. <laughs> Today I was like, I'll actually, I'll actually look at what the read is and I'll do the right thing. No, can't find it. So I, I should just stick to my nonsense, I guess. <laughs> Go to DraftKings, though. You What you really want to bet on is Kale McCarr to win the Norris anyway. Just literally bet your house on that. Uh, and you'll be good. You'll win thousands of dollars. You'll help us. Blaze, how many times have you doubled down on that bet? Uh, I'm like either at nine or ten. I can check real fast. <laughs> <laughs> Blaze has his kids' tuition on Kale McCarr to win the Norris. It's like all, yeah, it's all the tuition for hockey next year. <laughs> there you paid go. For. <laughs> yeah, no, expensive. that's the four-year-old's tuition. You gotta start <laughs> early. <laughs> anyway. Hit up DraftKings. You can bet on all sorts of nonsense. Highly recommend it. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, oh. restrictions, and conditions apply. Only eight. Only eight. Wow. Jeez. So far. Slacking. Yeah. 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 It's late now. You yeah. used to get it plus. Now it's at minus 150 yeah. for Kale to get in on the They're going to, they're going to, when he wins, they're going to think you're a Russian bot and they're going to shut down <laughs> your account. Decline all your bets. Yeah. You're going to have DraftKings show up at my door to yeah. audit me. <laughs> Make sure I'm a real person. Of course, yes. go to DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. The Avs come out in the second period. They have that great goal. We talked about it a little bit. Burkowski to Taze. Yeah. Ridiculous read from everyone involved and, and just excellently executed. And then the Yo, Avs... Based, are, off, based off how they... Uh... Based off of how they were playing, I looked at Z and I was like, this game's over. She was like, really? They don't have to play anymore? And I was like, yeah, I think this is done. Because <laughs> I was ready. Like, they had dominated the Islanders in the first period. Damn. And they had no business being in a tie game. And for them to have come out at the very start of the period and, and to do that, I was, yeah. like, I was like, oh, yeah, they about to take flight. And then. Well, yeah, the apps put your theory to the test. Happen. They did, in fact, stop playing. For a little bit after that goal, <laughs> uh, immediately get get a goal dropped on him in the interim, and then another one later on in the second period. It's how much of this are you willing to chalk up to weird stuff happens in hockey games, and how much of this is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Let me tell you because before like. So they score, they score to tie it up, right? Whatever. The puck, like, slides through everybody on earth. Like, yeah. it just slides through the entire everyone on the ice. You're just like, what? It's like, it's it's not even like a bouncing puck where players are taking stabs at it. And they just, you know, they just miss. And four guys make 
50-50 coin flips. I can't knock it out of the air. It's flat on the ice. It just slides <laughs> through everybody. And I'm like, how often do you see something like this happen where a puck comes from the corner and goes through at least five guys on the ice? It's, and it's to the far like, side of the net, right? That's yeah, what we're like, talking about. Yeah. It yeah. Well, like- and, and then and then Kemper overcommits and opens up the net because he's lost he's lost the, the, the net at that point. Because he's desperate, right? Like yeah. it it was just you know, oh my god, I was like, Are you kidding me with this? And people are like, Oh yeah, the defense needs to play better. And it's like Okay, sure, but like this is some bullshit. <laughs> and then a meet, like we're talking minutes after that, uh, the the officials negate an icing. Uh, they call off an icing for no reason, no reason. <laughs> and the Islanders generate a scoring chance after one of their guys. I don't remember which defenseman it was took a shot, and his stick blows up. Yeah, it explodes. Yep. It turns into a perfect pass to a guy in front of the net. And and Kemper makes a great save on it, like does a great job. But it was like you're watching that, and the whole thing starts with an with an icing that they blew down for no fucking reason. And it was just like the when stuff like that starts to stack up on you, you're like, bro, this may be a bad karma night. Like this is some bad juju all and over it- the genuinely all night you're watching broken plays go right to New York Islander sticks all well, night. Look, at the, look at the third goal like yep. the third goal that puck like Kemper it stops it stops Kemper and then the puck bounces up and hits McKinnon in the stomach and falls onto Palmieri's stick and you're like okay <laughs> you're like oh my gosh okay like I okay I get it but even down the stretch, right? Like with three minutes left, like what happened out in front of Kemper there? Like the puck just bounces straight out to an Islander streaking in. Yeah, yeah. Well, and like some of that, like like Makar Makar loses it because he's trying to get too cute. And he's yeah, that's to make, sure. Yeah, that's where it he's starts. Trying, like, he's trying to make one of those plays that only Kale Makar can make, and then he when you fail when he fails to do it, it's like wow, that looks real bad. Well, they gift wrap <laughs> an opportunity. Why other guys don't try this? But and then and then, and then it goes totally sideways. Yeah. Somehow, still doesn't like. That was the point where I was like, this is the universe evening up this. <laughs> like, they're not waiting till next Monday when the abs yep. are playing. No, that no back. goal got evened up right away. <laughs> yeah, they're, they, they're evening up this right now. The universe <laughs> is done with all karma involving this game tonight. <laughs> there was no red in the ledger by the end of that game because all the nonsense that had gone to York's way went Colorado's way at the very end. Yep. And that was the difference in the hockey game. It's I, I'm really excited to break down some of these goals on my review video later because this game is a the epitome of how hockey is a game of inches. You have the no goal on the Islanders' side in the third period where uh, less than in, literally millimeters from that puck being in the net. And then on the other side, and credit to Bergakovsky for making an unbelievably good play here, but on the goal he scores... Yes, he gets lucky. It bounces off the dude's jock and into the net. But it when goes he sh- right off of Andy Green's rig. <laughs> but when he's shooting that puck, you can see the timing of it. I, I forget who it was on the Islanders that, Islanders that is behind him. But Berkey shoots it about 0.2 seconds before that guy drops his stick down yep. right where his stick was. And it's like, that's the difference. You score goals in hockey by that much. Yep. And it's 
it's awesome yeah. to see it exemplified so perfectly in one hockey game. He also, he also, Sorokin also loses his net on that. He does. Uh, There's a way, good bit out. Way yeah. overstated that where you were like, bro. And I thought Sorokin was great tonight. <laughs> the first period, the only reason that the abs don't put up three or four is because Sorokin was good. He was, he was solid. Other than the Landy goal, I agree. <laughs> that just happens. Yeah, I mean. I've said before that anytime a guy scores from behind the red line, it's a bad goal. Sure. And I do feel that way. But, like, there's also – that's a situation where he can't do anything about that. Yeah. Yes and no. I mean – Well, you got to get to the post. Yeah. If you yeah. seal it, that doesn't go in, right? Like, yeah, I mean, that's hard to – I mean, it's easy to I say, know, hard to do. Like, there's a lot of times that I've seen, you know, it's like, oh, this is going to hurt the goalie, but it's a goal. Look. So – if I'm out there, Shitty being I'm you. absolutely the guy getting goals scored off my jock. <laughs> I know, I know what the score is. All right, but <laughs> uh, either way, it it really was a weird hockey game because the Av skill was on display for the whole thing, from from start to finish. It's certainly in the offensive zone. It was like, oh, they're kind of globetrottering yeah. this team. Yeah, there was definitely an element where you could see the skill was shining. And, like, I thought, you know, just to, as an example of that, I thought Kale McCarr offensively was great. He was, a freak. he was a freak tonight. I loved him with the puck, and then I thought he was so fucking bad on defense. <laughs> I thought he was, oh, my God, they were, I, they were feasting on him. And, like, there was some bad luck. Again, some bad luck involved there. Uh, where they got that little Anders Lee Brock Nelson uh, two on one from the turn from the turnover yeah. behind Colorado's net because the puck goes off of uh, the the ref skate as McCarr goes to get and, it and he and, like straight up kicks it to yeah <laughs> and he know. kicks it kicks it to, to, to out to Anders <laughs> Lee and they get a scoring chance out of it again like there were some bounces for the Islanders that probably should have ended up in Colorado's net but then. The things that ended up in Colorado's net probably Were shouldn't. Bad goals, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it was it was kind of a kind of a weird game like that. But for McCarr, it was like the ultimate tale of two superstars yeah. here. Where, woo, he was electric offensively. He was reading the play. He did. I I thought his puck moving was good. I I liked that he was shooting. I liked a lot of his decisions to to shoot, uh, especially on the power play. I thought it looked a lot cleaner. And then defensively, it just it was just getting run through. Yeah, the uh, the video coach is going to have a lot to break down in the defensive zone. I mean, just watching the game, there was a lot of breakdowns down there. Don't want to pick too much on uh, Johnson's play in the defensive zone there, but there was one where I can't remember who was coming down where he actively got out of way out of the way of the shooter. And yeah. just let them it, have the lane to the one net. One on one, and he's like, what if I just skate over here? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Kemper ended up making the save on that one, but on, then, go ahead. Yeah, and then on the other one that we talked about as well is uh, just for some reason in front of the net, there's always no avalanche defenseman yeah. <laughs> and an Islander right out front. Yeah, like multiple times when the Avs failed to get the puck out of the zone, you look back back into the zone and there's an Islander alone in front of Darcy <laughs> Kemper and you're like, that's bad. Don't do that. Stop. 
<laughs> the other thing I would point it out. It also hurt them because there were times where they had situations like that where the abs broke pucks out. Yeah. And that guy, they, they, they had numbers because that guy was yes. chilling. I think yeah. like think, half a dozen times they had is, three on twos. Yeah. I, I do wonder how much of that is coaching wrinkle on coaching wrinkle where Trotz was like, hey, we're going to we're going to put this guy here sure. where we yeah. think it can be an advantage. And the abs were like. All right, we'll live with that. You do that like, and we'll send it. Yeah. We, uh, we're we the best team in the NHL in transition, and you're going to give us numbers on purpose? Like, we'll take the chance that we can defend your guy net front eventually versus uh, giving us a, a free, you know, a free numbers breakout. So I wonder, I do wonder, like, how much of that. Like, I, yeah. I don't think on any given night you're going to be like, sure. Hey, big, big dog, just hang out, you know? Like, <laughs> But I I do wonder how much of that is is like a a, a trade off that the apps were okay with. Yeah, and that's a side effect of also pushing play right and having your defense jump up into the play. Like you're always going to leave a guy back there, but it just seems like once you see that, you should identify and at least drop another guy back. The part that drove me crazy about it is, it, you can count five, six, seven times a night where the abs trying to break the puck out deep in their own zone cut right in front of Kemper to go up the middle and it's like okay yeah it's man one hockey <laughs> this is fine <laughs> just don't turn it over well and, and like we react like that but also like the abs this is why the abs are like puck skill we have to have guys who have puck skill because we want to play this way it's not a way that other teams play and when other teams aren't playing that way guess what they're also not doing other teams aren't defending somebody playing that way every night. Yeah. And so it causes problems. Like that it's so funny to me that we talk so much about how Colorado has problem with X styles or whatever. And on nine out of every ten nights, it's the other team having a problem with Colorado style. Yeah. And you saw it tonight. Like at at its absolute best, at, at the Islanders' absolute best during the second period. You're talking about a period that shots-wise ended up almost even in terms of shot attempts. Well, ended up almost even. And you look at the quality of opportunities the Avs still get when the Islanders were giving them their best. Yeah. And the quality is there for Colorado, regardless of whether they finished them or not. Uh, they're definitely in that boat. And I, I, I do think part of the conversation is... Unfortunately, the Avs' depth really didn't produce tonight, but the best shift of this game for the Avs was a fourth-line shift in the offensive zone where they, they genuinely spent, like, two straight minutes in the offensive zone at five-on-five. Five. And unfortunately, yeah. nothing came of it, but I they mean, made them work. A shift a shift involving Darren Helm and Curtis McDermott yep. and Nicholas Ave-Kubel was excellent. Yeah. And kept them, kept them hemmed in long enough. But I'm I'm <laughs> I'm telling like they they need help there. They very obviously they need, need help finishing. There. They just do. But like that that if you're looking for a positive sign, it's that against a grindy team that wants to play that way, those dudes did fine tonight. Yep. Like Had that no was drug. not that was not an area where Colorado struggled tonight. That was that was not the group that that had any kind of problems. I. I don't think individually any lines one through four were problematic tonight. I don't think any of them got caved. 
None of them, none of them got run through. They all had moments. There were there were positives for everybody out there tonight. Uh, and I just think that if, if it weren't for a poor night, a poorer night, it wasn't like he was atrocious or anything. Just much nowhere near as good as we've seen uh, recently. But if it weren't for a weaker night uh, from Darcy Kemper, this probably isn't a very competitive game. Yeah. And agreed. This is the magic of having such a high end, well-rounded team is. Yeah. Darcy Kemper had an off night tonight. And at the end of the day, it just didn't matter. Yeah, if you're going to give up three goals, we always talk about it's, the, it's largely a race to three in the NHL. If you're going to give up three goals, you, you've you got to have it in the bag to be able to score more than that. Yeah. All right, well, they, yeah. they had that in the bag. They got four with a goalie in net, and then they ended up with an empty netter. And P.S., great job by Eric Johnson. Super calm, makes it look yep. easy, and then you're wondering why this is a team like with guys like Miko Rantanen, can't score an empty netter to save his life. The puck in the offensive zone <laughs> without a goaltender there, and you're just like, wop, 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 wop. <laughs> so I, two other guys. I I know I I don't know where we're headed, but I really I really don't want to get out of the show without saying uh, how strongly I felt about both of these guys tonight. But we, how many times have we talked about playing Alex Newhook with talent? Sweet yeah. Jesus, did he look good tonight? <laughs> right, had a lot of high danger chances. Like, and I understand that it, he he was involved in a lot of high event hockey. Yeah. That there was a lot for and a lot against. He ended up on the right side of those things, uh, except for high danger chances. But that is that's where you're where we're talking about. Look, you you put skill with skill, and you see how it goes. He was all over it. It yeah. ruled. In the offensive zone with him, this whole game, I'm literally just sitting there going, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, was, it was really, really good and super encouraging. And it was yeah. like, that was that was the kind of performance where we're talking about like, hey, like when you put him with, with talent, I think he's going to thrive. But this is like proof of concept, right? Like just one more feather in the cap of like, look, Nas. Uh, we love you. <laughs> You're going to get paid way too much money, though, and we're going to be okay with that. Feather in your cap, you say? Yeah, fe fe feather in your dad, <laughs> feather in your lad, feather feather in, in your hat, and feather in everything but a cap, apparently. <laughs> Good God, man. That was that was hard to watch, honestly. <laughs> But no, the other and the other guy that I really wanted that I want to give love to, and I'm sorry, Rudo, and I know you're gonna roll your eyes, but dude, I think it's been I think we're starting to see a string of games together here from Ryan Murray, and especially with the puck and in, in the offensive zone where it's like he's he's creating things, he's moving around, he's not just standing there and being like, all right, I'll just play my position. He's starting to vibe a little bit more, like we saw he was doing before the injuries. And I, I like that upside, man. I like it. Defensively, it's still, it's obviously still like, it's not physical. It's all positional. It's all stick. It's all get out and, and transition, whatever. But I mean, Ryan, I thought Ryan Murray acclimated really well I, to the Islanders coming at him. I liked Ryan Murray more than I like Sam Gerrard. Agreed. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. On the, I thought it was a really rough night for Sam Gerrard, yeah. to be honest with you. Did not think he played particularly well in either zone. Um, I didn't I didn't mind Ryan Murray tonight. I thought he was fine. I still don't trust him as far as I can throw him, and I can't throw him. So. Well, 
<laughs> I, I don't trust I don't trust his health, but I've always trusted the player because I'm familiar with him. But uh, I will I like obviously there have been some brutal nights for him, and yeah. especially when he first came back a couple weeks ago, where it was like, oh, this is not great. <laughs> but I think it's I, honestly I think it's if he if he can really settle into that, and I'm not just like if this is the best that he has, it's still not I, I would say. You're still looking for a little bit more there. You can get better. Yeah. But if he builds off of this and becomes consistently more than this, or even honestly just consistently this, it's a much higher level than we've seen uh, from from that spot at times this year. And so I, when you're trying to when you're trying to bring the floor of your roster closer to your ceiling, that that kind of improvement from a from a veteran is I think is an important development to keep an eye on especially as they approach the deadline. You don't really need Luke Shen if you get that kind of play out of Ryan Murray. Fair enough. Uh, we are brought to you by Avaca TV, so if you don't want to have a hard night and want an easy way to watch the Avalanche for just 25 bucks a month, you can go to them and get their receiver. It comes with over-the-air and internet, so you got to have internet for the record. But for just 25 bucks a month, you can get Altitude TV as well as other national channels as AJ turns into deep throat over here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what happened? I oh, you know, okay, I know Just, what happened. Did you like change your monitor to like some dark screen or something? Uh, I switched tabs to a night background. Ah, that is, that's uh, what did it. Uh, our our ecam is bright white. Uh, <laughs> uh, Evoca TV. Different will not leave you in the dark when it comes to watching the Avs and Nuggets. They will also have AT&T Sports Network when the Rockies do officially return from whatever lockout nonsense is going on right now with the MLB. So they got you covered for all your local sports. Be sure to jump on it. It's great picture quality. Highly recommend. Again, compared to Comcast, which you literally cannot watch Altitude on right now, it's way cheaper than uh, DirecTV. So it's your best option to legally watch the Avs right now, yep. which I get it. I know a lot of you are perfectly happy with uh, with piracy and all of that, but there's a lot of Avs fans out there that have fallen to the wayside because they either don't understand or don't want to figure out how to do that. So those are the people. Recommend Avaca TV to them. That is how you do it. Yeah, I say you got to have internet because I get it. I know, I know YouTube's audience. I know a lot of you. I know, I know you guys know how to find your avalanche game. But I'm saying, like, my parents go to my dad. He would love something like Avaca TV because he's not going to go through all the nonsense of sports surge or whatever other nonsense yeah. you're trying to get through. So, you know, maybe keep in mind something like your parents to to go let them know they can watch the abs and it's not that difficult to do on your TV anymore. Uh third period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by drax king sportsbook we're also brought to you by ranch rider got one right on the table right there uh absolutely delicious we we're genuinely like running through them here at the bar Dude. faster than we can restock Every them time i come in yeah. here they're just gone wasn't me this time <laughs> <laughs> that was only last time uh but they're actually delicious they're in the top 10 selling alcohol companies in the U.S. right now, so you know they're good. They come from Texas, from a uh, food truck. They use ranch water, which is a thing, I guess. 
It's basically just delicious seltzer water. I don't know how else to explain it. They use tequila and vodka in it. So you mix it together. You get real drunk. It tastes real good. Everybody wins. <laughs> All right. Top of the line. That's the way you sold me. Go. I'm saying it's yep. that easy. Yeah. So check out your ranch riders today. Go get some of their what's cocktails in a can. Is that the official term? Okay. That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> third period for real uh look the abs are the first team in the nhl to 40 wins they're 40 10 and 4 which is actually dumb it's march people <laughs> it's, it's it's march, march. first it's, it's barely march. march and the abs are uh, carolina lost in overtime tonight so they're five points clear of the next closest team still uh they're good. <laughs> I, I, Historically good. Genuinely, I don't know that I've ever watched a team that's been this good in the regular season. And I watched the classic era apps. Yep. And they were really, really good. So it's ridiculous. AJ, we talked about this before the show a little bit. You've had you've been on like a thousand podcasts. What's that like, Jack Johnson? A thousand games. Well, you know, you you just have to be dedicated to the craft, and you have to work hard every day. This is the most uh, and, fucking hockey answer I've ever heard you have. <laughs> you haven't given it to the other people yet, though. Like you can't make it all about yourself, right? I you. mean, it's really it's really a testament to the talent that I've had around me that has elevated me to this point and really been able. You know, I've I've been able to survive a, a co-host change a couple of times, which oh my god, which really goes which really goes to show you that uh, the it, it's really about who I'm working with and 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 not who's working with me that 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 is really the key to, to keeping it on the air. So, you know, I just just want to just just want to give a shout out to everyone who is come on to the show and, and given me reason to, to talk about hockey. If, if you ever need someone to filibuster, call Jesus. a hockey player because they can talk about nothing forever. You gotta, you gotta add some more ums in there to be a real hockey player. There's a lot of ums it, and you knows. Yeah. You know, yeah, the, you knows they knows, get in there. You knows. <laughs> oh, you know, I just think that, man, you know, through a thousand games, that's just kind of the way she goes. Bob. <laughs> You know, you you wake up on day one and you think, I can't believe I can I get to go do this today. And then by the by the fiftieth day, you're like, huh, this is dope. And then when you're talking about a thousand, you're like, that just means I'm old, lol. <laughs> <laughs> by game one thousand, you know, it's still great, but I I don't want to get up in the morning. <laughs> Uh, congratulations. Why do, why do you think that our podcast is at one p.m.? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want to get up in the morning either, so fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, looking ahead for Colorado, uh, they have one more game that you would expect them to win uh, on Thursday. They're going up against Arizona. AJ, what's your what's your take on March? This is another thing we talked about in the pregame. You have a couple games against Calgary, one against Carolina, one against Minnesota right at the end of the month. But this is a lot of games where you're looking at it and you're saying, these are a lot of beatable teams. Well, when you're the Avalanche, you're looking at 31 other teams and saying, that's a lot of beatable teams. Fair enough. 
and and like you're talking about like we're 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 elevating Calgary just because they're the only other like they're they're second in the West, right? Yeah. Uh, they've they've been on an unbelievable hot stretch, um, and and they've gotten great goaltending and they've had a great top line and they do all these things right. And I keep making the case that they are the Kopitar Cup era Kings. Sure, it's, it's exactly it's exactly who I see. Get it, uh, and they can make some noise, kind of stuff. Yeah, and and a big physical defense that's multifaceted enough to chip in, but it really is about. Shutting you down, shot suppression, great goaltending, and uh, a top line winning games for them. Uh, depth wise, I think they're they're pretty solid too. I mean, you have you know the Mangiapanis and Blake Coleman's and guys like that filling out your depth. You're pre- they're pretty good, man. So I think that the Calgary games are going to be important to see as a measuring stick for everybody. Hey, the Flames, the Flames want to take a shot at the at the top team in the West. Like standings wise, I think it's going to be tough. For, for them to really chase down Colorado. But when you're looking and you're projecting and you're trying to use regular season matchups to forecast the future, which, first of all, don't do that. But <laughs> it's always going to be a conversation uh, when you get into a playoff series. Well, how'd they do during the regular season? And, you know, I think, uh, I think those are going to be important litmus tests for everybody. Colorado wants to see how they do against Calgary, too. You know, I think they were important litmus tests for Sega, or for for Vegas that they Vegas got uh, cozy, a cozy, tight little schedule that was heavily in their favor in that situation and got zero points out of it. You know, and obviously injuries and availability and a lot of factors play a role in these things. But I think when you're looking at the schedule, you're saying, look, Colorado's going to be favored in every single one of those games. You definitely want to see what they do against Carolina. I think that's going to be, I think, I feel like that's probably a matchup a lot of people want, but you also just want to see, Hey, like they, they do their thing. They're still, they're still competitive and you don't want to get swept by anybody except Columbus this year. Cause that's done. <laughs> yeah. I, it's kind of ridiculous to think about the pace. The abs are on with the win tonight. They are tied yeah. for the second fastest team to 40 wins ever. Yeah, and, and like, you can – the Avalanche should start having the conversation where, you know, like, they are – you know, games games in hand, suddenly they've played more games than everybody. It's so strange. But uh, games, games in hand being what they are, like, they're starting to separate from the teams out east a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and like, that's a cluster of teams. I mean, you're talking, they've got a 14 point lead on the Western conference. It, that, genuinely With, the West is over. Both, both 70 point teams, St. Louis and Calgary have two games in hand. So at absolute best case scenario, those teams are 10, 10 points, points back. They are, they are 10 points back, which is essentially five games behind the avalanche. In a normal year, With, it's impossible to make up that ground. With 28, 28 games to play. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's where, that's where, and that's the best case scenario that you're going to make up. You have to be five games better over 28 games than a team who's lost 10 (laughs) in regulation up to this point. You could totally do it. Head to head matchups would help. If Calgary wins all three of those head to heads, all right. Now, now you're four points back. Again, best case scenario, you win every one of those games. The Avs get no points. You're still four points back of them. 
So I, I think they'll be important. They'll be important. March will be an important month, but the Avalanche can effectively end the top seed in the West race this month, especially if they do well against Calgary head to head. Yep. It, uh, you know, mathematics being what they are in the NHL, nothing is ever clinched until April, but it, for all intents and purposes, it could be pretty much over by mid March. Yeah. Um, we do have one super chat here to get to. Uh, $10 from Nom Nom. Thank you very much. King of the game, goalie redline. Uh, yeah, Anders Lee preventing New York from scoring their own goal. Shout out to him on that one. <laughs> Definitely helped the out. I, I'm pretty confident that puck goes in if he doesn't touch it. Yeah. So take it where you can get it, I guess. Sometimes lucky. Sometimes the hockey gods smile upon you. Uh yeah, I, I think we're pretty good here. Any final thoughts from either of you two tonight? Can I just say how wild it is that the Avs have, through 54 games have a 52-point lead on Arizona? Actually <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> that, that's the one thing. If the Avs do continue on this pace and so does Arizona, they could actually statistically eliminate Arizona from first place in the West, like next week, Yeah, <laughs> which is hilarious <laughs> to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it might. I mean, I guess this isn't really important, but they might be able to do it sooner than that. Oh yeah. yeah I'm just well, curious. Blaze, any, any final thoughts? I mean, this Thursday game, the Avs took the L from Arizona last time they played. They so. did. It's true. Actually, actually, if they if the Avs beat Arizona head to head, it's over. Uh, it pushes it to even, and they'll have lost the season series then. Yeah. So well, and so the the one uh, the Madden, Arizona's magic number would be one at that point. <laughs> So any 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 point that the Abs get or Arizona lose, so dumb. That's so dumb. Uh, the the Coyotes, if the Abs beat the Coyotes in regulation, the, it'll be, I believe, it'll be any one. other point either way means that Arizona can no longer finish top <laughs> yeah, in the West. Mathematically, they will not be able to catch Colorado. That's insane. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. I wonder where Suns and Four guy is right now. <laughs> <laughs> On that nonsense, we're going to wrap up the show today. We are off tomorrow. We'll be back for pre and post game as well as watch along Thursday. So be sure to go check that out. And then Friday, I think Jesse and I are going to be doing a, a little bit of a goalie show. Don't actually believe in any goalies can get traded, but then the goalie show will be there so we can shut y'all up. Uh yes. Next week, we're going to be doing some Roast My Roster stuff, so be sure to uh, get your uh, cap-friendly rosters and trades ready, locked, and loaded for that. No, uh, not next week. Yes, next week. No, that's too soon. Why? Because we need to wait for a few other things to happen. Do we? Yes. We need as many games played to, to try and decide what what Dallas is. Yeah, the end of next week is, like, March 13th. Like... We're a week from the deadline. It's got to be then. Mm-mm. We can talk sometime in the next two weeks. We're doing a roast your roster. So have them. Ready. Look, start working on them. I know. I know that you guys, I, what I want to see is cap friendly starting to fill up with DNVR. Yeah. That's my, that's my favorite, especially when somebody doesn't know what DNVR is. And it's like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> 
Either there way. There was a person last year who genuinely thought it was one person. Posting 80 Making rosters. a new account. <laughs> create different rosters every single, like, for, for like three weeks that this dude <laughs> thought that it was one guy doing this. Okay. We're going to get out of here. Thank you all for hanging out with us. We appreciate it a ton. Be sure to like and subscribe. All that good stuff. We will be back on Thursday. Until then, we will talk to you on the next one.